y'all. Welcome to another episode of Mental Health Mondays, where we talk to guests who are either professionals in the mental health space, advocates for mental health, or those that live with or experience a mental health challenge. And I'm going to have to figure out that intro situation. I don't know, still working through it. It's fine. But as a reminder, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you mash down that subscribe button. If you're watching it on LinkedIn or Facebook, you're probably already on our pages, but make sure you follow it and share it with anybody that you think that would benefit from this knowledge. And a reminder, if you watched last week, I think it was last week that I talked about it, but we now have this podcast streaming to seven, seven different platforms. So wherever you listen, whether it be Spotify, Google, Apple, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM, or like, what's the other ones? Uh, Amazon Music and Audible, wherever it is, you can listen now if you don't want to watch. But without further ado, because we're already a smidget behind, it's fine. Uh, I want to bring on one of my really good friends, Dusty. I'm excited to bring him up. So welcome, Dusty. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, thank you so much for uh, having me on. I can't wait to jump in. Yeah, absolutely. So tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Oh, where to start, right? Um, I, I would, I think that the best way, especially in the, you know, idea of mental health and everything is, you know, I started as a personal trainer right out of college and, you know, I'm married to my high school sweetheart, right? We got two beautiful kids. And so right before the pandemic, I decided, hey, this is a good time to change careers. And so I went from, you know, personal training to personal finance coaching. So that's what I'm doing now. And uh, there's all sorts of challenges along the way that came with that. Yeah, that's, I mean, <laughs> right, right, you know, before the pandemic, not that you could predict anything, right? But uh, interesting time to cha- change careers. But I know that it is going really well for you, right? Oh, yeah, it could not be better. And I think that one of the main things for me on why I made that change, you know, I love personal training, and I love working with clients. But why I made that change was because I wasn't home enough with my family. And so that's where I was really looking for a way to kind of mold both worlds. And that's where, you know, in personal finance, I have the ability to build my own schedule and I drop the kids off at school every day. I can pick them up in the afternoon if I want, but I'm almost always home for dinner, right? Uh, Sometimes client meetings get in the way of that, but in general, I'm there for my family and, and that's why I did it. Yeah, that's, I mean, important all around. I had to myself do kind of a mindset shift a couple years ago because I was so hyper-focused on personal development as it was good for me. It was like a a blip kind of like pre and post pandemic that I was like, man, I got to work on myself to be able to help others. But in that process, I lost a lot about the family aspect. And so I think that is really important when we acknowledge that and make that our priority because money will be there. Right. And we're going to talk about money a little bit more about money today, but I would love for you to share your story, what really kind of led you into what you do now other than your family. Yeah. So I think that, you know, when I was looking at just kind of career trajectory, right. And being again, personal trainer, I was running a personal training studio. Um, 
and it was all about like, okay, well, what, you know, where am I going to be in five years, 10 years, 15, 20? And the answer kind of was like, well, I don't really want to be shagging weights for people at 60. So there's probably, I probably should jump and I, should, I don't know what I could do. Like that was the biggest kind of struggle. And I know a lot of people go through that, especially right now where, you know, layoffs are coming and this is an opportunity to, you know, put yourself first. And that's where I was kind of looking at it. Like, okay, I love people. I love helping. Um, but on the flip side, I didn't have a retirement plan. I had no financial security. And so I just kind of put it out to the universe in 2018 that, Hey, I'm open to something else. Um, I have a mortgage to pay, so I can't just go full commission. So I needed some kind of salary to begin with. And that's really what, you know, kind of led me down this path. And one of my longtime clients was just like, Hey, let's, uh, why don't we try doing, you know, something a little bit different. And that's when I just jumped at the opportunity. That's awesome. Yeah, it's definitely, I, I know you and I have had lots of conversations around like being a personal trainer and all the things that come up. And I know that you also in the past or still do, you do a podcast centered around men and their health and talking about dads and the, I'm sure the dad jokes come out every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so I love, I mean, all the things that you are trying to accomplish just in general in life and personal, I think are really amazing. Yeah. Thank you. And and I think that, you know, when we, the, the podcast and everything that I'm about all starts with kind of what you said too, where, you know, we do this, where we have a goal and we put our head down and we work hard towards that goal. Sometimes things get pushed to the side. And I was always, you know, again, the reason I changed careers was to put my family first. And so that's where I kind of struggled. I'm like, well, I'm putting my family first. I'm putting my clients first. Um, and I was, you know, maybe third or fourth and I almost broke. And that was one of those things where it was like, okay, I mean, I, I guess almost broke is me just kind of minimizing it. I did break. <laughs> Right. And that really is where, you know, kind of the podcast came from and everything I stand for is like as dads, uh, we can't give from an empty cup, as the saying goes, and we have to fill our cup first. And that can feel selfish at times. But to be our best dad, to be our best husband, to be our best whatever for our careers, we have to be, you know, giving from a full cup. Yeah, it's I think it's challenging really for everybody across the board and something that's been coming up a lot lately I the terminology of when you get on the airplane they tell you to put your oxygen mask on first right and I've heard it so many times over and over and over and it never really clicked until this year and I was like oh my gosh like <laughs> why haven't I you know been talking about that and like you said it's one of those things that dads, husbands, men in general, we don't have the conversation enough because society, we say, <laughs> grow some, you know, like the sayings that we have, right? Like grow some or be a man or man up or all these different things that I think build that stigma around men not being able to talk about what they're going through. Yeah, I think that um, that's one of the biggest issues to your point is that it's the the man up mentality and, you know, showing emotions as a weakness and, and all of those. And in reality, it's actually 
um, you're more weak by not showing your emotions, right? Not talking about your emotions. And I think that being vulnerable is a great way to live a happier life because it's like, Hey, here's what I'm going through and help. Right. Which is the hardest. I mean, just me even trying to say it right now was hard. Yeah. It, I mean, one of those words that we don't say enough, myself included, (laughs) (laughs) when we need help we don't know how to ask for it but it is important to have those conversations and be able to be open and vulnerable and I love that men's mental health is now becoming more mainstream but that's not really the right word that I'm looking for but it's it's definitely I know with our film festival last year we had more entries centered around men's men's mental health than we ever had in previous years. So that just makes me notice that we are trying to at least start having those conversations. Yeah, no, that's, that's cool to hear. And I do think that coming out of, you know, 2020, more people are like, Hey, this is something we should talk about. Yeah. So when you say that you broke or the term that you use, right? How did that, I mean, I guess I'm curious, like, how did that manifest or how did you get to that place that you're like, I've, I've got to do something different? Yeah. So again, it was, you know, 2020 July ish. And that's just, you know, where it, it, it wasn't just a couple weeks anymore, right. Where, you know, I'm, my office is now the dining room table and the kids are at home um, Liz is, you know, my spouse is working from home. And so everybody's there and I'm trying to figure out, as I call it, new math and trying to teach, you know, my, you know, nine-year-old how to do math and everything like that. And so it, I just noticed that my frustration level, like that was the thing. It was just, I was always frustrated. I was always in a crappy mood. Um, nothing seemed to be going my way, so to speak. And so that's where, you know, at least I had the awareness to realize that something was off. And it wasn't everybody else around me, right? It was, it was me. And so that's, that's where I, I, again, when I broke, it was more like me looking at everybody else being angry at them, right? And for what wasn't working in my world. And so that's where Liz just looked at me and she's like, hey, why don't you just take the weekend off, go to the mountains, right? Go figure it out. And so that's what I did. I went and just kind of hiked around the mountains up in, you know, kind of the summit County area. And it was just a brush, a, a breath of fresh air, literally. And that's where I just kind of realized that, wait a minute, I've been trying to give to everybody else, but I haven't been giving to myself. And that, that was really where like everybody talks about that. But when you look at the time that you're spending per day, it wasn't adding up right? Like everybody was getting my time and attention and I wasn't giving anything to myself. And so that's where I just started going, okay, well, I need to be active every day again. I need to make sure that I'm getting my thoughts out of my head into a journal every day. And then also uh, meditating just to give myself 10, 15, 20 minutes um, to sort through all the things that are bouncing around in my head. So that's how like, again, that nothing... I wouldn't say it was like a uh, rock bottom, right? Cause I, I don't want to like minimize people that are truly, you know, addicted and have a, a really true rock bottom, right? Where there's an intervention by your family, even though it's kind of an intervention from Liz, just like, Hey, you need to go figure your stuff out. 
Um, and so that's ended up what I do and, and it's been an up, uphill trajectory or upward trajectory since then. Yeah, I think it's also, I mean, from my experience, right? Like we all experience things differently and we don't necessarily like have to even minimize what we're going through, right? And it is important to have those conversations. And I love that Liz was like, go figure it out. Like I, I'm here, I'm supporting yeah. you. I see that you are going through something. And my assumption is during that time, probably the gyms were shut down and there was like no real outlet, which was something that we're just now starting to see the effects of the world closing down and now it's reopening. And so we lose our outlets. We lose touch with reality almost because like you said, we're stuck in this house and everybody's home and <laughs> like, yep. do I actually like these people, right? Like there's <laughs> probably lots of thoughts that are going through our head and now we've lost our outlet, which was the gym, but then having a supportive spouse is equally as important to be able to go out and do that. And I love, I read the book, um, the half, the cup, whatever cup book, I can't remember the name. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's all about, it is, it's about how do I fill my own cup so that I can help others because we can't give when we have nothing left for ourselves. So I think that's important that you found that, understood it. And then transitioned into a space that you could put yourself first and your family equally. Yeah. I think that, um, it's that, and I, I don't know, like, I always feel bad when I'm kind of talking about this, you know, men's mental health side of things. Right. Because I know that it's not just men, right. It's, it's everybody's mental health, but, um, so I don't know if necessarily know if it's a, a male spouse thing. Right. But where we just feel really selfish, that if we, you know, put ourselves first, that somehow we are not putting it, you know, not giving enough to our family or our spouse or whatever. And in reality, we can give so much more if we are selfish, right? And I'm not saying spend, you know, 12 hours a day on ourselves, right? But there are little pockets throughout the day where you should check in and go, okay, what, what do I need right now? right? Is it, is it something where I need, you know, whatever it is um, for me, it's, it's, it's gym and journaling, right? It's it, that's what works for me. And, and Liz knows like sometimes it's I'll, like on Saturday, I was in a crappy mood for whatever reason. And I went and worked out and Liz goes, you feel better. And I said, yeah, I feel great. <laughs> right. And so it's kind of, that's my medicine. I've, as I've always said. Yeah, no. And it is, I mean, I love that. And this has been something that's popped in my head recently, too, is like, I mean, self-care is selfish, but it's a good selfish, right? Because we have to be selfish to give and also receive. Because if we're not receiving, then we're not going to be very good at giving. And it's something that I've been even um, pondering a lot lately. And yes, it is everybody's mental health but men particularly we don't talk about it enough I mean as women <laughs> we'll tell you everything right like we'll just divulge everything but it takes a lot more to get men 
not all men, but a lot of men to open up. So that's why I think it's just so important. And I love that you have the podcast to be able to talk to other dads and see what they're going through and how, you know, um, how you guys can help and support each other through whatever challenges you're having. Yeah. And you know, what I'd say there is like 25 ish episodes or something along those lines that there's a very common theme and the common theme is the majority are active in some, some way, right. It might not be going to the gym every day. It might be just, you know, running or it might be some bodyweight exercises, but every single one of them uh, is, you know, moving their body. The other one that I really saw was the, the, what I'll call thirst for knowledge, where there was always something where we're reading, you know, new books or listening to other podcasts or just the self-improvement, right. Where, you know, kind of stagnant or stagnation isn't really allowed, right. Where, yes, I'm happy here today, but I want to go here. Right. And I want to keep going. And so, that was one of the things that everybody seemed, at least on the surface, right? That's what I always say is everybody on, on the surface seems okay. Um, but they they seemed to be happy dads, happy husbands, um, and happy in their careers. And those were the two main ones is the self-improvement and being physical every day. That's really interesting. Yeah. And I mean, there's so many ways, but moving your body, that's really important for sure. Um, so now I just want to transition just a little bit because I know we already talked about it slightly, but what you're doing now, I would love for you to share a little bit about how you help people in your role now. Yeah. So I would say that, um, some of the most, you know, stressful things, right. I remember that right before we got married, we were talking to the, the pastor and he was talking about, you know, the main four reasons that people, who want to get married end up not being married, right? And one of the top ones on that list was money. And I think a lot of times people come, we're all raised differently. And so now you have, you know, two people that are deciding to join together and, you know, go the same trajectory. Well, your money stories, right? As I call them, how you were raised and how to think about money very rarely is in sync, right? Very rarely does the couple have the same kind of ambitions and same thoughts about money. And so that's one of the main things that's fun for me is helping people reach their goals and whatever that might be. Yes, in general, it's, uh, you know, for retirement, it's the long-term investing, it's that kind of deal, but mostly it's, well, where do you, where are you today? Where do you want to go? right? Are you on track? Right? That's the biggest question I answer is, are you on track? And then if you're not, how do we figure it out from there? And if you are, well, how do we stay on track? Right? I mean, I think right now what we're all feeling, right? When we look at our, either our own portfolios or just look at the news, right? Things are down. And so that can be, you know, from an emotional standpoint, right? If we tie our, our, net worth or self-worth to what the markets are doing, you're not feeling great right now. Right. And so that's a, a big conversation about, you know, this is a, a small little blip in the overall, you know, the market goes up hundred percent of the time. It's just not always up. Right. So that, that's a big transition. Like I said, I was, you know, doing personal fitness coaching and now I'm doing personal finance coaching. Mm 
Yeah, it's, <laughs> I know you and I have had this conversation, but um, it's one of those things that you're like, oh my gosh, what do I do with my money? One, I mean, my story, right? I quit my corporate job and I had to do something with my 401k. I had no idea. Luckily, Dusty is one of my friends in my networking group. And he was like, hey, let's talk. And I was like, okay, I have no idea what I'm doing, which is great because you've also been there helping me through all the things that I don't understand, nor <laughs> nor in a way care to understand. That sounds really bad, but- um, I yeah. I mean, and what you have said to me is, oh, let me worry about it, right? Like that's that's part of your job is to know and see how the market is trending and then allow those of us that maybe don't understand it fully to not be worried about it. So um, I just think it's great that you and you have that personal relationship with your with you any of your clients. It's not just, okay, give your, give me your money and we're never going to talk. It's a follow-up. It's a text message. It's a in constant contact if need to be. And if you don't want to be, that's okay too. And it is, it's scary right now. I mean, I know the, and not getting into politics or any of this, but I know like the market is trending now potentially for recession if we haven't already entered it. Um, again, not my background. That's why I have you. But uh, what are people at this point really like? What are some tips, tricks, suggestions? Like, if people are feeling like I just don't know what to do, um, call me. No. Um, so <laughs> right. So yeah, if you're in that standpoint of like I don't know what to do, and and I think that you know, one of the, the things I always like to say is de I demystify finance, right? That it's overly complicated, I think, on purpose. And so the, the question all goes back to goals, right? Like, if you have short term money, it should be very safely invested, right? And so there's a lot of noise going on right now. And there's a lot of, you know, push and pull based on the market, right? And to your point, that's what I pay attention to. Right. And then that's where I dig in and go, okay, well, how does this change our goals? And in general, it doesn't change our goals as long as, you know, one of the biggest movers on if a goal and from a financial standpoint is going to make it is how much we're saving and how much we're spending. And so that really, if, if a tips and trick going into, you know, 2023, it would be watch your spending and watch your savings rate. Because I think that, you know, every, on average, every four years, we see three positive and one negative. And so if we look at 2020 or 2019, 2020, 2021, and 2022, that falls in line, three positive, one negative. And so, you know, then what does that mean coming out? Well, historically speaking, we've only seen one in the last, you know, since 1980, we've seen one three-year period where the market was down three years in a row. Every other time when the market has a big down, there's a big up afterwards. So that's where I would say is watch your spending, watch your saving and stay invested, right? Because, you know, getting out now at the bottom because we can't stand it, it's the worst time to do it, right? And that's, that's a big part of my job is talking through that. Right. Going, OK, well, what is this conversation look like around the money? What do we need it for? And we approach it from there. 
I love that standpoint too, because it's the education piece. Like I said, I didn't know any of this and I know that you and I again have had lots more conversations and it made sense. I mean, even the first time you and I talked, I was like, oh, well, I wish I would have had somebody tell me this like, you know, 20 years ago, that would have been great. But I didn't and that's okay. And you live and learn. But that's what I love about what you do is you're in the education portion, like section too. It's not just give you, give me my, give me your money and then I'm going to figure it out for you. It's the education of this is what it looks like because of this. What are your goals? And let's do this together, which I think is really important. So, yeah. And I think to, to your point, like I got this from personal training, right? People always ask like, how did you go from fitness to finance? And, you know, yes, the industry is completely different, right? Yes. What I talk about um, from a very finite standpoint is very different, but what I actually do is identical. It's where, where are you today? Where do you want to go? Are we on track? How do we get there? Right. The difference is I'm telling, you know, the number on the scale is being dictated by the cookie that you may or may not be eating. Right. Where today it's the cookie that you may or may not be buying. Right. So it's very, very similar. And but what I realized early on is like there's going to be a certain sector of of the population. And this goes for both industries, both careers that want to do it on their own. And no matter what you do, no matter how good you are, no matter what you teach them, they're going to do it on their own. Then there's going to be a population that knows how to do it, but has no desire to do it on their own. And they're willing to pay a professional to do it for them. Right. And then there's the other population that doesn't have any idea, knows they need help and they're willing to pay for it. Right. And so that is, a like I said, they're very similar there. And that's where I always went to education. Like just because I'm teaching, I think sometimes in any profession, people get nervous to teach what they're doing because then they're like, okay, someone's going to take that and do it on their own. Sure. A small percentage are, but the majority are going to appreciate you teaching them what they're doing and still pay you for it. Yeah, it's definitely. And two things popped in my head as you were saying that, because I think maybe some of the I don't want to have anybody help me is just because people don't have enough knowledge about it. It's not like you go and, okay, so I'll just ask the two questions and you can answer them. (laughs) One, if somebody's working with you and they are investing, it's not necessarily like them specifically paying you to do it for them. So that's not really a question, but that's, you know where I'm going with yeah. that, hopefully. I, I think so. And so so how I'll answer that, if I'm assuming where you're going with that, is um, for me, I am paid on investing your investable assets. That's a very small piece of what I actually do, though. Right? So a lot of it is conversations about, again, you know, what does our emergency fund look like? Well, why is that important? right? Are we on track to retire? Are we not on track to retire? Right? What is the whole protection game look like, right? From a life insurance standpoint, do we have a will? Now I don't, I'm not an attorney, so I don't write wills or trusts or anything like that, but I partner with people that do, but it's a big part of my job to make sure that I know 
everything about my clients' lives to make sure that they are protected, right? Because the last thing I want to happen is, you know, something unfortunate happens to the husband and wife and their kids aren't taken care of because I didn't talk about a trust or will, right? Or, hey, you know, maybe they're paying too much money for their homeowner's insurance, right? Or whatever it might be. And so, yes, I get paid on investing their investable assets, but it's one small portion of what I actually do. Does that answer your question? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so because okay. I didn't, for me, like I'm just talking from experience myself is that I never thought to think, I never thought about having somebody outside like the company that I worked for. Right. Because when you're in a corporation, like they do all of that for you and it just like automatically goes into this space. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the best way. But then you think about the outside, I don't know if necessarily broker is the right word, but um, you're like, well, I'm going to have to pay them. It's kind of like a lawyer. If you think about a lawyer, you're like, I'm going to have to pay them so much money to be able to help me with my finances and et cetera, et cetera. And that's just, it's not the case. It's more of like on the backside, which is something that I just wasn't knowledgeable to before. So. Yeah. I think that um, there's not too many ways that you're going to pay someone in my profession for just like a retaining fee to like produce a plan, right? In general, you know, SEC, FINRA, they really want us to um, be, you know, whatever is in your best interest. And the way to do that is obviously have the plan and the assets. Um, to your point about broker, right? I'm not a stockbroker, right? Like I'm not here to, you know, buy, you know, day trade. That's, that's not what I do. Um, and it's not, really what I do is long-term is the way I'd answer that, right? And so, yes, those people are out there, but you can go find other apps and things like that that are much more cheaper than paying someone like myself to do day trading. Yeah, which, you know, a whole nother animal there too. <laughs> but, um, and the connection. So I know that you are a network master, as I call you. Um, and you do have a lot of connections into other people that can potentially help. So if for whatever reason, you're not able to help, we have, I mean, we're both in the same networking group, I'm going to plug it for us. Um, but we have a network of people that we can refer to that could potentially help if what, for whatever reason you can't. And the other question that popped in my head, are you only able to do this in Colorado or do you go outside of Colorado? Um, so that that's an easy answer. And then I want to go back to the, the network thing. So um, the answer is yes. So anywhere in the U.S. Um, I can be and, and currently I'm registered in something like 25 plus states. And so being, you know, the, the company I work for and everything along those lines allows me to do that. And so that's pretty cool. So if a client lives in Colorado and then moves or is out of, you know, across the country, I can work with them, which was awesome during 2020, right? Because that, that how I was building my business, I could really talk to anybody, which goes back to the networking thing. So I truly believe that your net worth is your network. And I believe that, you know, there's enough, like, I think sometimes coming from a scarcity mindset standpoint, um, you would feel like there's not enough meat on the bone for everybody. But when you actually look at the actual numbers, there's plenty of meat on a lot of different bones, right? And so that's where I look at it from, you know, I want, you know, one of the main reasons that I wanted to build out the network that we have 
is so that, you know, I can lean on those other individuals. And then that way, like you said, if I don't do it, well, I know someone that does do it. And, and that's been, you know, phenomenal for my clients, our friends, everybody, right? Because I know someone um, and that would be a good fit for pretty much anybody in the majority of the industries. And I think that that all comes from, you know, you know, being a great networker, I just want to help. Right. And I'm always there to help whoever I'm talking to in any way. And, and a lot of times that comes from just creating connections with other people and so that they can connect and they can build their business that way. Right. And that's where I think sometimes when it comes to networking, too many times people are looking for well, what am I going to get out of this? And it usually if that's the way you're going into networking is you're probably going to end up not getting anything. And if you go into it, like, well, I'm just going to figure out how I can help whoever's sitting across the table or across the Zoom or whatever it might be these days. Um, and that's my only goal. Then, you know, phenomenal things happen. Yeah, that's so important because it is. I, I mean, not that I've been in a ton of networking groups, but it is something that I really started getting into last year. And that's how I found um, CBC, which we're in together because I had my network within the corporation, but it's just not the same. It's very different when you step outside of that box and start really surrounding yourself with like-minded humans that are willing to help each other. And I think that's why I have been so consistent and drawn to, um, I mean, our networking group is Colorado Business Connections. So if anybody's in Colorado and you want to join us, we are lots of fun, hence yep. <laughs> Dusty and I, you know, um, but we really, that's what we've created right inside this group is how can we help each other? It's not about me necessarily, but how can we like exchange information and be helpful to each other? And of course, at some point you'll probably get something out of it. Yeah. Great. Because that's what we're trying to do is help each other build their, build your business but I do love the aspect even on social media or wherever you have a page or you land, right? Like going into an event, even how can I help others around me versus what can I get out of it? So I think that's just a really important message for anybody to have when you're going into networking specifically. So if anybody wants to work with you, how can they find you? Google. Right. Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's, that's a great way, but yeah, I mean, Googling Dusty DeGroff, um, I'll be, you know, that through the pandemic and everything and in, in LinkedIn, um, my main goal was to, you know, promote that, that kind of stuff. But yeah, if you search me, um, that's probably the easiest way or get in touch with Kelly and she has all my information. Um, that, that would probably be the easiest way. LinkedIn. Awesome. And this is your podcast, right? That yes, it is. Life. Yes, it cool. is. Well, you can go check out his podcast here and then go friend request him on LinkedIn. Um, and any last words, advice, anything you want to share? Yeah, I, I would just kind of go back to kind of where we all started, right? Is or, or where we, you and I started. The, the idea here with when it comes to mental health, number one is it's okay to not be okay. Um, that comes right from Michael Phelps. 
And I think that that is one of those things that if you're feeling that way, reach out to someone, right? And have a conversation. And, and then really, like I've been saying multiple times, fill up your cup, right? The best way, in my opinion, to do that, and this comes back from being a personal trainer, is be active. Even if it's, I think that on social media, it's a trend now where I'm going on this stupid walk for my stupid mental health, right? Like just even getting out, like for me, I'm a meathead. So I like to throw around heavy weight, but just getting out and walking um, will change your mood. Yeah, definitely. Great tips. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so glad that we got a chance to jump on here. And yeah, just thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right, y'all. That was another amazing episode of Mental Health Mondays, where we talk to guests who are professionals in the mental health space, those that live with or experience a mental health challenge, and mental health advocates. And you heard it from Dusty. Uh, he gave us some really great tips, tricks, finance, tools, all of those good things. And just make sure if you're watching this on, uh, well, which one? YouTube. Subscribe, subscribe. Uh, if you're on a on LinkedIn or Facebook, make sure you follow or share this. If you think somebody would benefit from this information, please feel free to share. And as a reminder, BCC Evolution is a 501c3 nonprofit, and we rely on folks like you to support all of our programs and everything that we do, all the education center around mental health and suicide. So if you become a warrior for mental health, you get this cool t-shirt. And with only a $20 or don $20 donation or more per month, see, not about perfection at all whatsoever. And that's okay, because we appreciate you for listening or watching, and we hope to see you back every single Monday at 11, 11-ish a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Oh, and there is one more way that we can continue the conversation now. We are on the Circles app. We have a room that is for grief and loss. It's called Never Alone Through Grief and Loss. So search up Circles, and it's an, it's a support platform for those that are going or traveling through or need extra support around grief, loss, there's fitness, there's finances. There's a lot of things on there, actually. So you can join our room, and we do that every Monday at 12.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So hope to see you there or see you back here next Monday. <laughs> Bye, y'all. <laughs>